take about 60 seconds right now and rejoice. Come on, somebody rejoice. When I look back over all my life and I think things over, woo, somebody ought to praise him. Glory, 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 glory. High five about six people on the way to your seat. Tell them I got a reason to give God the praise tonight. Woo, I got a reason to give God the praise tonight. Amen. Anybody feel the strength of the Lord in the house of God tonight? Amen. It is so good to be home tonight. My, 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 my. It has been a, a busy, busy week. Last week I, I traveled about 6,500 miles, four different states, 13 church services, and, and, and preached about half of them. And uh, I can just tell you one thing. I was so excited to be here tonight. Amen. Woo! And uh, God's been doing some amazing things. Uh, last Sunday, uh, Jonathan was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And then Tuesday, they sent me a text message and said, Bishop, we're so excited. They said, uh, we got a text today from Cabria. She was at her house and just reading her Bible, and all of a sudden, the Word of God, the living Word, came alive to her, and she, she said, tears just started rolling down my face. She started giving, she started praying, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost right there in her house. Woo! I think we ought to give God some praise for that tonight. Yeah! And then that same evening, Christopher was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then this uh, past Sunday morning, John was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And uh, they sent me a they sent me a picture of the VIP room. Absolutely with first-time guests on Sunday in this place. How many of you thank God for what he's doing in this place? How many of you just may want to make sure you're a part of what God's doing in this house? Come on, is that how you feel tonight? Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me, God. Hallelujah. And uh, so we're very, very thankful for what uh, God has been doing around this place. I know it was already announced tonight, but I just want to encourage you, if you have not yet been through or signed up for Financial Peace University, you need to speak with Sister Mandy Jones tonight, tonight, and get locked in. These are some incredible, incredible courses. Uh, we, we could spend a long time tonight talking about some of the testimonies in this house uh, of how the Lord has used this incredible information uh, in order for people to position themselves to be like 
Brother Falaza talked about tonight, to be able to be blessed financially. We often talk about what we would do if we had the money, but that is contingent upon what you would do now that you have the money you've got. Oh, I wish somebody would get a hold of that right now. What you do with your money now determines what kind of money you'll have to be able to do with something later. And uh, so you need to get a hold of that information. The Bible says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't want there to be holes in my money bag. I want God to be able to prosper whatever I put my hand to. Amen. So make sure you avail yourself of that tonight. And then is anybody excited about All Nations Sunday? Woo-wee! That is just a week from this upcoming Sunday. And uh, it's going to be a great time. So I, I know we're, this church is already planting seeds all over the place. Uh, but this is a great opportunity for you to uh, motivate somebody to be in the house of the Lord and enjoy everything that God's going to be doing in this place. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to uh, hasten to the word of the Lord tonight. The book of Mark <clears throat> chapter 4 is where I want you to turn with me in the word of the Lord. And while you're going to Mark chapter 4, how many of you thank God for the amazing ministry that has been represented in this house while I've been traveling? How many of you thank God? Last Tuesday, Pastor Hammond delivered the word of the Lord so capably in this house, and uh, then Sunday morning, Brother Trevor Sloss delivered a powerful word from God in this place. Sunday night, Pastor John Sferlaza delivered an amazing word of God in this house, and uh, I want to give all of them honor tonight and thank them for uh, allowing God to use them in such a powerful way. Now, I hope you came ready to have church tonight. I believe God wants to do something incredible in this place before we leave tonight. Amen. Mark chapter 4, verse <clears throat> number 30 is where I want to begin reading. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And with many such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And the same day, somebody shout the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. 
And there arose a great storm of a wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Somebody say now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And for a few moments tonight, I simply want to preach about lessons from the storm. Lessons from a tell your neighbor there's a lesson to learn from the storm. I, I almost subtitled it Blessings from the Storm. Tell your neighbor there's a lesson and there's a blessing in your storm. No, 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 you got the wrong neighbor. Find the one that's looking at you. Tell a neighbor there's a lesson and there's a blessing in the storm. One more time, put your Bibles down, put your hands together and give God a great praise in this sanctuary tonight. Woo! Glory, 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 glory. Amen. You may be seated tonight. We find here in our text that Jesus is teaching. And he is teaching in a style of teaching that we call parabolic teaching. As a matter of fact, the word of the Lord said that he had come to a place in his ministry where the only way that he would teach is in a style of parabolic teaching. Parabolic teaching is a teaching style that is designed to deliver a message in such a way that the casual listener uh, will probably not understand nor catch what you are teaching about. It is designed in a way that in a crowd of people that you extrapolate from all of uh, the crowd those that are truly hungry for revelation. It is designed in such a way that when you teach, only those that are truly hungry and paying attention to what you are saying are going to get from the text or the, the, the teaching the revelation that is intended for them. And so it is with this kind of preaching that Jesus begins to launch into his subject matter. And he asks a unique question and he says, what can be used to compare the kingdom of God to? What is it that we could use here to teach about the kingdom of 
God. And I, I think amongst any subject, we would all agree that the kingdom of God is a vast and a wide subject, something uh, grandeur, something uh, so great that the auspices of it uh, uh, pretty much covers up anything else that we could discuss. And, and Jesus is asking the question, what could we use that could possibly bring a, a visual ideology or an example that would, would compare with the kingdom of God. And as we think about the grandeur and the, the, the largeness of the kingdom of God, he says it is like a grain of mustard seed. He immediately draws a contrast. He gets them thinking about a subject uh, that is so vast and large uh, and then contrasts it by saying uh, the kingdom of God is like the grain of a mustard seed. The smallest of seed. You, you wouldn't have thought he would have used that as an example. Out of all the things you could have used to describe it, I would have not used the smallest seed. Ah, but therein lies uh, the hook uh, for those that are there for the revelation because it immediately begins to make us ask the question, how, God, how is it that, that, that a seed? And so it is in this kind of teaching that, that he is unfolding unto them a revelation. And, and I also believe that it is no small coincidence uh, that there is another lesson we find Jesus teaching where he uses the example of a mustard seed to teach. If he's going to use a mustard seed here, where else do we find him using this particular thing as a comparison in which to teach? And if you turn over to the book of Matthew chapter 17 and verse number 20, Jesus again is teaching and this time he says this, verily I I say unto you that if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible. Possible uh, unto you. Uh, oh, you, you can synthesize the two texts uh, to understand that, that there is a connection here uh, between the kingdom of God, uh, the grain of mustard seed, uh, and faith. Uh, Jesus has a thematic principle woven throughout uh, his teaching, and that is uh, that there is a preeminent theme in the kingdom of God uh, that is faith. Uh, there, there is a preeminent theme uh, concerning a revelation of God's kingdom uh, and that revelation uh, is the revelation that God's kingdom uh, is a kingdom uh, of faith. I wish I had some Bible students in the building right now. Uh, Oh, yeah, the book of Hebrews uh, chapter 17 uh, tells us, uh, or rather Hebrews uh, uh, tells us uh, that, 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 uh, that faith, uh, uh, that without faith uh, it is impossible uh, to please God. Uh, why? Because he that cometh to God must 
first uh, believe there is the preeminent theme of the kingdom of God uh, he that cometh to God must uh, first uh, believe uh, and must believe that he is a rewarder uh, of them that diligently uh, seek him uh, God's kingdom uh, is a kingdom uh, of faith uh, and when you get the revelation uh, that God's kingdom is a kingdom of faith uh, then he tells us uh, that nothing uh, shall be uh, impossible uh, unto God? No, that's not what it says. Nothing shall be impossible unto the pastor. No, 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 no. He said nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, see, if I was in a church full of faith, uh, y'all would be shouting right now uh, because the word of the Lord just declared uh, that when faith is operating in your life, uh, that there is uh, nothing uh, that is impossible uh, unto you. I wonder how we would have church tonight uh, if we really believed that nothing uh, was impossible to us. Uh, I wonder how we would pray tonight uh, if we really had faith uh, that nothing uh, is impossible uh, unto me. My God, I need some people right now uh, that have some faith in your spirit uh, to begin to stir it up. Uh, nothing uh, is uh, impossible uh, unto you. Uh, I came to declare to somebody tonight, uh, I don't know what you're facing. Uh, I don't know what you're believing God for. Uh, I don't know what you've been praying for. Uh, but God sent your bishop tonight uh, to declare unto you uh, that the faith of God uh, in your life uh, renders you in a place uh, that nothing uh, shall be uh, impossible possible uh, unto you my God uh, some of you are sitting in your pew tonight uh, letting things uh, consume your mind uh, letting things consume uh, your emotions uh, letting giants uh, put their foot on you uh, if you only had a revelation uh, of who you were tonight uh, if you only had a revelation uh, of the authority of God uh, in your life tonight uh, baby you wouldn't sit in your pew uh, while the word of the Lord is coming forth, but deep calleth unto deep. Somebody's spirit tonight's about to resonate with the word of the Lord in this house. Nothing, I said nothing, shall be impossible possible uh, unto you. I wish somebody right now uh, would grab that thing uh, that looks impossible by the neck. Uh, I wish somebody in this place uh, would grab that thing that looks impossible. Uh, pick it up in your hand tonight. Uh, lift your hand to heaven uh, and say here it is God. Uh, with men uh, it is impossible uh, but with God all things uh, are possible. Ah, uh, faith is the preeminent theme of the kingdom of God. And when the measure of faith comes to us, when the kingdom of God comes to us, it is sown and it groweth up. That tells me that there is a germination process 
that there is a process of maturation to the kingdom of God in our lives. In other words, the kingdom does not come all grown up. The kingdom of God does not come into your life uh, in full maturation. Uh, it comes uh, as a seed, uh, and it has to be uh, cultivated. Oh, I'm about to preach up in this place. Uh, just because you got baptized in Jesus' name uh, and received the Holy Ghost uh, doesn't mean abracadabra, uh, alakazam. Uh, uh, it doesn't mean uh, mecha lecha high, mecha hiney ho. Uh, now you got everything to grow. No, 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 no. What it means uh, is that there is a seed uh, that God has placed in your life. Uh, and now uh, it's time for you to begin to cultivate uh, the potentiality uh, of what God put in you. Uh, oh, somebody in the building uh, needs to understand uh, that when God's kingdom comes to your life, uh, it is in potential form. Uh, it is in seed format. Uh, and God said it is up to you uh, to begin to cultivate uh, that seed in your life. Uh, it's up to you uh, to begin to stir it up. Uh, it's up to you. Uh, uh, somebody in the building ought to clap your hands and give God a praise, right? When it comes to your life, it is a seed. And a seed begins its journey below the surface. It begins its journey in the dark. It begins its journey in a place of pressure. Oh, and you, you got to be careful that you don't misunderstand the process. Because sometimes what you think is killing you is just God planting you. And while you're in that place, the pressure and the darkness... And the environment uh, that looks like isolation uh, is causing something to begin to grow. Uh, below the surface, something is beginning to stretch. Uh, in the dimension of the unseen, there's something uh, that is breaking loose into uh, the ground. What is it? Uh, it's the kingdom of God. Uh, it's the dimension of faith. Uh, can, I, can I preach for just a moment? Uh, you ought to have more faith now uh, than when you did as a new convert. Uh, you ought to be stronger now uh, than you were in the beginning. Uh, you ought to be more faithful to God now uh, than you were as a new cop. Oh, I can keep going tonight. Uh, some of us, when we first got the Holy Ghost, uh, we were always up front, uh, running the aisles, dancing. Uh, and the longer we lived for God, uh, the less our worship became. Uh, it ought to be exactly the opposite. Uh, the longer you live for God, uh, the more excited you ought to be uh, about living for Him. Uh, the longer you live for God, uh, the greater your praise ought to be. Uh, the longer you live for God, uh, the more exuberant your worship ought to be. Uh, somebody in this place, uh, give God your uh, best praise. Uh, come on, the kingdom of God uh, begins to grow. Uh, he, said it, uh, he said it begins to mature uh, and it stretches its branches uh, and the birds of the sky uh, and all the fowl of the air uh, begin to make nests in it. Uh, oh, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Uh, somebody shout the kingdom of God. And so, so there is a synthesis here of the text because hidden within and encapsulated within the text of his teaching is not just a revelation of the kingdom of God, but it is a revelation of faith that is the premise 
that is the preeminent thing of the kingdom of God. Oh, and God's a good teacher. He, he, he understands that everybody doesn't learn the same way. He, he understands that uh, some people are audible learners and uh, some people are visual learners and some people are kinetic learners. And so, so, so God, he's a really good, he's, a, he's like Dr. God. And so, and so it is with this backdrop and lesson that later the same day, somebody say the same day. That's what the text says. The text says, and the same day. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, let us pass over unto the other side. Now see, they thought the lesson was over, but I submit to you, he had just gotten started. This was just a continuation of what he was teaching. Let us go over to the other side. This was a recommendation of Jesus. And it was directional. He had a specific place that he wanted to go. He had purpose for their journey. He, he was directing their next move. How many of you glad to know that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord? And even when you don't understand what's in front of you, uh, all you got to do is listen for God's next move. Uh, sometimes God doesn't show you the whole map. Uh, he says, close your eyes uh, and you're going to listen to my voice. Uh, I'm not going to give you the ending. Uh, I just want you to trust me for the next move. Come on, somebody. Uh, I just want you to trust me for the next move. Uh, you see... This is important because if you study the Abrahamic experience on the mountain with his son, Isaac, the first word from God was to take your son into a mountain and offer him upon a mountain that I will tell thee of. And so he takes his son, Isaac, and you know the story. They're going up the hill. Dad, where's, where's the sacrifice? My, my, my son, the Lord, will provide a sacrifice. And he gets up there and sets up the altar. And the Bible said that he had the knife in his hand uh, and as he went uh, to move uh, in obedience to God's word God spoke again Abraham Abraham is what we call a rhema word from God. It's a right now word from God. That's why you've got to be tuned into God every day because there's no telling what God's trying to tell you. There's no telling what God is trying to speak to you. There's no telling the direction that God is wanting to take you. And so sometimes God doesn't show you the whole thing. God said, you just need to trust me. I'm about to reveal my glory in your life. I'm about to show you what faith looks like. I'm about to come on somebody, but you've got to trust my right now voice. Let's go to the other, but God, I thought you said we were ministering here. We are, but now follow me over to the other side. Uh -huh. And along the way, there was a great storm that arose. And sometimes in your journey from here to there, 
from where you are to where God is taking you, you just might encounter some storms. But never forget and always remember who is in the boat with you and that your steps are ordered by God. I know that's simple, but somebody ought to shout uh, over that right now. Uh, you're not by yourself. Uh, you're not alone. Uh, you're not dealing with this isolated. Come on. Uh, the devil wants to tell you Ichabod. Uh, the glory has departed. Uh, but tonight you need to declare Emmanuel. Uh, God is with us. Uh, Emmanuel is greater uh, than Ichabod. Come on, somebody. Uh, God uh, could have taken them around the storm. God knew the storm was there. Uh, as a matter of fact, there are some storms uh, that God calls into existence, uh, that God speaks into place. Uh, God could have taken them around the storm. Uh, he could have waited till the storm was over. Uh, but he said, let's go now. Why? Uh, because there was purpose in the storm. Uh, God purposely led them into it. Uh, I wish somebody right now, uh, your bishop came to preach to you uh, that the storm you're in right now uh, has potential. Uh, it has purpose. Uh, there's a lesson in your storm uh, and there's a blessing in your storm. Uh, don't wish that you could go around it. Uh, quit trying to pray the storm away. Uh, quit trying to pray uh, for a way of escape uh, and instead uh, get a revelation tonight uh, that God's going to use the storm in your... So here they go. They go across into the storm. God knew the storm that you would encounter. I've got news for somebody tonight. You were made for the storm. Oh, I got somebody's number real good tonight. Come on, you, you can sit there if you want to, but God is speaking to you. I said you were made for the storm. Uh, Psalm 92 and 12 declares unto us uh, that the righteous uh, shall flourish uh, like the palm tree. Uh, palm trees uh, are indigenous uh, to areas uh, of the world uh, where the chances of storms uh, are the greatest. Uh, the commonality uh, of fierce winds and rain uh, are the greatest. Uh, and it is in that place uh, that the palm tree, matter of fact, you can't put a palm tree uh, over in some other climate. Uh, it will die uh, without the precipitation of the storm. Uh, it will become weak uh, without the wind blowing against its trunk. Uh, it was designed to thrive uh, in the environment of opposition. Uh, and God said the righteous uh, shall flourish uh, like the palm trees. Uh, that word flourish is indicative uh, of environment. Uh, you flourish uh, in an environment. Uh, God said the storm uh, is the perfect place uh, for me to build your heart. Uh, here we go. Uh, the storm is the perfect place uh, for that little seed uh, to begin to grow. Uh, I gave you potential, uh, but your potential uh, can never be actualized uh, without resistance. Uh, your strength uh, can never be greater uh, without opposition. Somebody uh, needs to tell the devil uh, that when the going gets tough, uh, the tough get 
I was built for the storm. I was built for opposition. I was built to make it in this environment. I wish somebody would. When you get this revelation, every time a storm comes to your life, you'll start to see it as a potential for God to do something great in your life. You know, never mind. Y'all want me to? Most people run from storms. But there's some people, they call them storm chasers. <laughs> they literally jump in their car, look on the radar, and look for the storm. Because while everybody is afraid of the risk, they only have their eyes on the reward. While everybody else lets the risk chase them away, they say the reward is worth the risk. And they literally look for the storm and say, if I can get where the storm is, that's where the greatest beauty is going to be revealed. That's where the unexpected is. I wonder what would happen tonight if God changed some of our position and some of our mindsets in the building that we weren't always running from storms in our life, running around like the chickens in my backyard that every time the thunder claps, they start running. But we did like the eagle instead. The eagle sees the wind as potential. Potential, uh, and instead of running from it, uh, he faces the storm, uh, spreads his wings, uh, and flies into the storm uh, because he understands uh, I could never fly this high uh, without the storm. Uh, I'm more efficient uh, with the wind beneath my wings. Uh, I can get there faster uh, with all oh, somebody needs to understand. Uh, your storm is there to expedite your travel. Uh, the storm is there to bring efficiency to your life. Uh, the storm. Oh, Oh, yeah, what is going to destroy some people uh, is going to lift you up uh, and carry you uh, forward. Uh, the only difference is in how you're postured toward the storm. Uh, are you running from it uh, or are you trusting God for it? Uh, if the storm's in my life, uh, God knew it was going to be there. Uh, start looking for a blessing in the storm. Uh, start looking for the lesson. Come on, I wish somebody would. Uh, take about 30 seconds right here uh, and just spread your wings uh, and say, all right, God. Uh, all right, God, I'm ready for the blessing uh, and I'm ready for the lesson. That's in my storm. Come on, God knew he could have avoided it. He could have taken you another direction. He could have circumvented the storm. But there is a purpose and a lesson in the storm. I don't ever say this, but I just felt it. There's somebody watching me online right now. And you're in the storm of your life. And God told me to tell you, spread your wings and start running into it. You're about to find elevation. You're about to find an uplift. 
you're about to find an updraft. God's going to carry you into heavenly places on the wing. Come on, somebody. The Bible said concerning his people coming out of Egypt that he brought them out on eagle's wings. Oh, yeah, Pharaoh was trying to kill them. They were in the middle of a storm, but God brought them out. God said, just spread your wings. I'm going to use everything that the enemy is using to destroy you, and I'm going to cause it to deliver you. Bible said that there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And when it was now full, they went looking for Jesus. Why did they wait? until the boat was full before they looked to Jesus. Why is it so typical of humanity to wait until we're about to sink before we finally call on him? Why is it that we wait? I mean, Brother Keith, they could have called on him 15 minutes before that. They could have called on him 30 minutes before. Why is it that we wait until we're panicking and we say, my God, if it goes down one more inch, I'm like, okay, I better start praying. No, you should have started praying way before that ever happened. Why do we wait until we're in trouble before we begin to call on God? We ought to learn how to call on God uh, when things are going great. Uh, we ought to learn how to call on God. Uh, that way when we're in trouble, uh, he's already there. Uh, that way when we're in trouble, uh, we've already got his attention. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, I'm not waiting till I'm in trouble uh, to give God the praise. Uh, I'm not waiting till I'm in trouble uh, to come worship God hoping for a breakthrough. Uh, I'm going to praise him right now. Uh, come on, somebody ought to take a moment uh, and just praise him. Right now. I'm not waiting for the boat to sink. I'm not waiting for the storm to turn me upside down. I've got to praise him right now. They weren't concerned with Jesus' company until they were in trouble. Why is it the only time he hears from some of us is when we're in trouble? Huh? You know, in Scripture, Joseph is a type of Jesus. I don't have time to substantiate that theologically. You can study when you get home or ask me another time. But Jesus is a, uh, Joseph is a type of Jesus. And, and the Bible said that when he was in the prison with the butler and the baker, and he delivered unto them the interpretation of the dream. They didn't know what the dreams meant. They were confused. They didn't have answers. And, and, and he interpreted the dream for them and gave them answers. And, and he said unto them, uh, he said, think on me when it shall be well with thee. And show kindness, I pray thee, unto me. And make mention of me unto Pharaoh. 
He said, when you get out of this place, remember who gave you a word. Remember who gave you the revelation. When you get out of trouble, don't forget who helped you out. But verse 23 said, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but he forgot him. Ain't it something how when we first come to God and we're broke, busted, and disgusted, we ain't got no problem praying. We ain't got no problem giving God the praise. We ain't got no problems. But as soon as it is well with us, let God give you that good job. Let God give you a dependable vehicle. Let God bless you with a little something. And all of a sudden, we forgot about how we used to talk to him. We forgot about how we used to praise. Oh, somebody in the building, you ought to have a greater praise right now than you ever have for your God. You ought to be more radical right now than you ever were. God, if I could praise you in the prison, I'm going to give you a lot of praise in the palace. Come on, somebody. If I could worship in the prison, I'm sure enough going to worship in the palace. Somebody ought to take a moment right now. came running to him. And the Bible says it, that they found him. He was in the hinder part of the ship. How many of you understand that the hinder part of the ship is where the captain's quarters are? He was sleeping in the captain's quarters. They found him and he was asleep. Now, not only was he asleep, see, I've been on fishing boats before, and, you know, after a long day in the sun fishing, I, I, kind of like some of y'all in church sometimes, about 30 minutes. Some of y'all going to be like Eutychus one day, falling out the window to your death. But this ain't what happened to Jesus. Bible said they found him sleeping on a pillow. That's another level of sleep. That means you came onto the ship ready to take a nap. Could I just give you another lesson from the kingdom of God? If the captain ain't worried, then neither should you be. I said, if the captain of the ship isn't worried, uh, then you shouldn't be worried about it. Oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> see, see, I'm on an airplane all the time, and, and, and sometimes you'll hit turbulence, you know, and, 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 and there'll be a lot of people on the plane. Oh, my. Ooh, I heard a Muslim one time say, Jesus, 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 and then he caught himself. Gotcha. But I don't ever get afraid if they get afraid. The only time I get concerned is when I hear, uh, this is your captain speaking. We need everybody to grab your seatbelts and be seated. Then I, well, what's wrong? 
I ain't worried about all the Freddy cats on the plane, but if the captain's concerned, then I got a reason concerned. Baby, if the captain is sleeping in the middle of your storm, then you ought to be sleeping. I'm talking to some people tonight that have been tossing and turning, worrying about your trouble, can't even rest right because the storm that's raging in your life can't even get no good sleep. Up late, tossing and turning in bed, can't. Why? Because of the storm that's raging. I came to tell you that the captain is sleeping. So you ought to just tell the devil, listen, if my God's asleep about it, then I'm not going to let you mess up my sleep. Tonight you ought to march to your house, grab your pillow, and let the devil know, don't you dare wake me up tonight. I'm about to get some good sleep. Why? Because my God works the night shift. And my God is the captain of the boat. And if he's not worried about it, then I'm, I wish somebody would right now. Uh, just let go of the stress. Uh, let go of the duress. Uh, let go. Come on, somebody. Uh, God wants to bring peace, uh, but you've got to let go of the storm. Uh, it's not that God won't bring the peace. Uh, you've got to let go of it. Come on, somebody. You might be in trouble. But God is never in trouble. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You might be in a storm. Just don't let the storm get in you. You can make it through the storm. Boats don't sink because they get in a storm. They sink because the storm gets in them. Come on, I'm preaching to some people. That's why when you come to the house of God, don't you dare let depression uh, and heaviness uh, jump inside your vessel. Come on, I'm preaching to some people, right? You're sitting here tonight in the house of God. You know what you're doing? You got the storm. You're carrying heaviness. You're carrying all kind of weight, all kind of concern. Listen, you can make it if you'll get the storm out of you. It's time for some of us to grab some spiritual buckets and start dumping the water out of our vessel tonight. I'm not carrying that junk in my vessel. I'm Come on, don't let the storm get in you. And here's how they wake him up. They don't walk over and say, um, hey, Jesus. Psst. Jesus. Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Wake up. No. You know what they do? They break in. Carest thou not that we perish? What are you doing sleeping at a time like this? Now I'm being animated, but some of us walked into church that way tonight. And that's why we got a, a sad face on. That's why we're heavy in our spirit. Uh, we don't, uh, how in the world? Why is this happening? God, don't you care? Don't you know? Carest thou not? Don't you care about what I'm going through, God? But can I tell you, 
God cares. He's just waiting on you to call his name. God was there the whole time. But God was waiting for you to get enough sense uh, to call on his name. Oh, yes, somebody, you got to learn how to call uh, on his name. Do you love me enough? Do you trust me enough uh, to call? There is power uh, in the name of Jesus. I wish somebody would tonight call on the name uh, that's above every name. Uh, there is power uh, in the name of Jesus. You, you'll call everybody else except Jesus. Some of us will pick up the phone and call our mama. Oh, here's what I'm going at. And you ain't even taking five minutes to get on your knees and talk to God about it. You'll pick up the phone. If you'd get off the phone with your BFF and get on the main line with Jesus, God's standing ready to meet you at the point. Who am I preaching to tonight? It's time for you to call on the name of the captain tonight. It's time for you to call on the name of Jesus. And when they called on him, the Bible says that he arose. See, it's something when God gets up. See, I remember when I was a little kid, we'd be messing around the bed. We were supposed to be in bed. But we, we didn't want to go to sleep. And we'd be in there. Stop. Don't. Why did you hit me? Get on your side of the bed. What was that? I don't know. Be quiet before we get in. Outside here, boy. Five minutes later, see you, stupid. You're going to get us in trouble. I didn't do it. You did. No, you did it. No, I didn't. If you wouldn't have done that, I said, boys. All of a sudden, the word would come. If I have to get up. We knew if we heard the feet hit the ground, it's over. Some of you need to understand that's how your God operates. He's just waiting on you to call. And when God gets up, I said when God stands up in the middle, Psalm 68 said, let God arise and let his enemies be scared. When God gets up, oh, you better watch out now, baby. My daddy done got up. I don't care how fierce the wind is. I don't care how fierce the waves are. When God stands up, your storm doesn't stand a chance. Somebody ought to lift your voice right now and just say, Daddy! Daddy! Jesus! Come on, something happens. I dare you to shout his name over your situation. I dare you to invoke his name over your circumstance. I dare you tonight to declare the authority of his name over your situation right now. Jesus' name over my sickness. Jesus' name over my dilemma. Jesus' name over my impossibility. Jesus' name over the thoughts of my mind. Jesus' name over my emotions. Jesus' name over my marriage. Jesus' name over my children. Somebody call on the name of Jesus.
Bible said that he arose. And he stands up. And he says, peace, be still. The Bible said, the winds and the waves just. And then it said, and they feared exceedingly. And said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? <laughs> Music, come give him a little hope tonight. But see, there's, there's a little something here that I came across years ago in verse number 39. One day I was reading this story. I'm reading, and he arose. I said, oh, whoo, that storm going to get it now. Y'all ever read like that when you already know the story? Woo, hold on, disciples, watch this. And I read, peace, be still. Woo, and I said, hold on. And I backed up, and if you got your Bible, I want you to grab that real quick. Mark chapter 4. Verse 39. Hey, look at it in your Bible real quick. You know, if you got it, just, just turn there. I backed up and I said, hold on, hold on a second. Now I'm not, I'm not an English major. I'm not even very smart. But I got to reading and I looked back and I saw that the word peace had a capital P. And I thought, now hold on a second. That's not supposed to be capitalized. Peace isn't capitalized. Why? Why would you use a capital? The only time you use a capital letter is if it's going to be a beginning of a sentence or a proper noun. Peace. And I thought, oh, I know. It's my Dollar Tree Bible. <laughs> you know, you see, see some of y'all don't know about them Dollar Tree Bibles. You got a good Bible, you got the Red Sea, you get the Dollar Tree, but you got a Maroon Sea. <laughs> the good Bible is seven days of creation. The Dollar Tree, you get five and a half. The, pa the couple pages missing there. I thought, oh man, I got a messed up print. But, but I started grabbing all my other Bibles, and in every one of them, I found the same thing. It was a capital P. And then it dawned on me all of a sudden. You know... Decades ago in this country, we started naming storms. We started naming storms. And, and if you go back, some of y'all remember some of the more popular ones. We, we, we had storms like, uh, like Hurricane Andrew. And then we had Katrina. Sister Katrina here tonight? I just didn't know if Brother Gerald knew he married a storm. He married a hurricane. No, husbands look straight ahead. Don't I see some of y'all going. Hurricane Charlie. I remember Charlie. Here he is. Hurricane Sandy. And then who can remember Hurricane Irma? Hurricane Irma. They named the storm. And you know why they named the storm? 
they named the storm because you have to be able to keep track of them. And so many times you could have more than one storm at a time. I won't even preach on that. And you got to be able to keep track of which storm is which. So then I read the text again. And I said, if you're going to name a see, we thought it started with us. Jesus is the first one to start naming storms. And I said, Lord, if you're going to name a storm, why would you name it peace? I mean, of all things to name a storm, you're going to name it the exact opposite of what we think a storm is? And then all of a sudden, the revelation came to me that the only way you'll ever know peace is to know a storm. The only way you'll ever know what real peace is is to experience a storm. And God began to speak to me and let me know that when I bring the storm, I'm actually bringing peace. So when I said peace, be still. I was commanding the storm to bring the peace. That's why the winds quit blowing and the waves came down. When I said peace, be still. I came to preach to somebody on a Tuesday night that your storm has a name and its name is peace. My God, the wind is blowing and the waves are moving. But I came here to preach to you tonight that when God speaks the word, that storm is going to bring peace. That storm is blowing in your blessing. That storm is bringing you to an intended destination. Somebody right now, you ought to jump out of your seat and run to the altar. I dare you to chase your storm tonight. All right, God, if this is the storm, then let me learn the lesson and let me get my blessing. Come on. Somebody needs to rejoice in the middle of the storm. Somebody needs to rejoice in the middle of your peace. The storm didn't come to destroy you. It came to bring you peace. It came, come on. You'll never know peace without the storm. You'll never know God's power. Yeah. Come on. Come on. This was part of God's lesson. He was teaching them about faith. He was teaching them about the kingdom of God. God said, I taught the lesson. Now I'm going to give you an experience. And the experience is going to demonstrate the power of faith. Somebody right now, stretch your hands to heaven. Come on. In the middle of your storm, lift your voice. Come on. Start looking for the blessing. Start looking for the lesson. Start looking for the... Start looking for it right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on. Stand up in the middle. God is in control. 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 God is in
God gave her a new car. Can I tell you? God gave her a new car and gave her $4,000. But it took a storm, baby, to bring the blessing. And it took a storm. Come on. Uh, that's why somebody right that's why somebody right now, uh, I don't know what storm has you. Uh, I don't know what you're in the middle of. Uh, but the end of the storm uh, is going to bring peace. Uh, the end of the storm uh, is going to bring a blessing. Uh, the end of the storm, uh, you're going to be stronger. Uh, you're going to be wiser. Uh, you're going to be better. Uh, somebody say,